The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Beitza has been dedicated anonymously of Meir ben Esther. Amen. has been dedicated as well Amen. We bless our anonymous sponsor that Bezat Hashem he should be blessed with Arichut Yamim, health, Oshel, Veoshel, Vechavod, and Bezat Hashem should be Zochem in the near future to raise a family uh, and continue all his good work for the community. Amen. Amen. Today's daf is being studied by Alun Shmat Abraham ben Esther. Ruah Hashem Tanihan began Eden. Amen. Today's daf is being studied by Fuash Chelema Sarah Bat Rachel. In the Refanala, in the Refanala, in the Refanala, for the Nefesh of Fuataguf, Fuatakra Balabo Vichenya Rasom and Omar. Amen. We begin today's daf on Chabet Amud Bet. And we start right on the bottom line, starting with Amar of Yehuda. Our discussion. And our last daf, the last question we left off with was Maula Ashin. Is it permissible to smoke fruit on Yom Tov? It seems what they would do was they would put some spices on the coals and they put the fruit underneath and the smoke would go into the fruit and give it a ta'am. So they had a mahlok uh, between Rav and Shemuel. Rav held that it is Asur and Shemuel held it was Mutar. And the reason why uh, Ravuna explained why it should be Asur is because you are over the Yisur of Mechabeh. Because when you put these spices over the coals, first the coals go out, they extinguish, and then these spices burn. So really it's two things. It's Mechabeh, which is followed by Mavir. So therefore that's why he says it is indeed Asur. Now, uh, the only reason why this Mechabeh would be Asur, as she points out, is because it's Eno Shavelech because such a uh, procedure of smoking the fruits is not really considered a hana'a that's shaveh, that's uh, equal to everybody. It's only done by, let's say, mifunakim, uh, people that are, um, you know, finicky people and such things like that. And therefore, um, it's a problem. Where Shemuel said mutar, that she said, the he said, no, this is okay, and fish, it's food, and uh, it's uh, for everybody, not only for the Finicky people. So uh, anybody can eat it. The don't have the mechanisms to, to make the, uh, the smoke, but technically they can eat it as well. Therefore, he was matir. Now the Gemara discusses a different case. Amar of Asur. That which we said, the Rav said it's Asur, that's only talking about where you're putting the spices on a gachelet, on a coal. Because when you put the spices on a coal, so the coal extinguishes, it's mechabeh, and then the havara comes on the spices. Haval al However, if let's say you heated up a piece of pottery, right, and you drop the spices on top of the pottery, mutar. Why? That she says the kibui leka. Kibui, you don't have. It's hot pottery. It's not a cold. You're not extinguishing anything. And the avara that you're doing to the spices is not in the normal manner. Normally, how do you heat the spices and burn spices with with coals, with fire? Here, you're doing it with the heat of a pottery. So that's considered shinui. So therefore, at most, it would only be isudra banan. And because of yom tov, some hot yom tov lo gazru. So that's the opinion why al gabeheres would be permissible to put the spices uh, on them. Rava Amar, Rava says. 
that even putting the spice on the hot pottery is also asur. Why? Because bottom line, you're causing a smell of fragrant to go into the pottery by putting the spice, and therefore there's a separate isud of creating a smell or a fragrant that wasn't there before. Because now the pottery that had no smell before, by putting the spices in it, you're putting a fragrant in the pottery itself. So that she says, the kamolid reha shenichnaz beheres. Right? It enters the heres. There was no reha there before. Shamolid davar hadash. When you create a new item, it's like, like similar of doing a melakah. You're creating now a smell that wasn't there. So comes again and says, Rabbah, Yosef, Yosef, said, Asur. So that she says, what does this mean? You take a kos, that you have, let's say, besamim, spices there, and the smoke is coming out of the uh, uh, besamim, let's say, right? So you want to put the shirayim, the silk, or the clothes, you want to put it over the kos. Why? In order that the fragrant from the kos will go in, I don't even know if there's smoke of it, so I might just have uh, smell, you have a fragrant aroma that's coming out of the cup, and you want to put the clothes over it so that aroma will go into the begadim. So the Gemara wants it, that's asu. Why? Again, the clothes before that did not have any smell. Not any fragrance. By putting it over this kelim with the fragrance in it, so now you're creating a smell where there wasn't, that's considered molid reha, which is asur on Yom Tov. So the Gebra says, what do you mean? Let's say you have a fragrance. You have a spice, right? So the Gebra is going to say later on, you can be molelit. How do you be molelit? You rub the spice between the fingers in order to get the smell out, or let's say you have a spice, you're allowed to cut it, right? And you can smell it from the place where you cut it. So if you're also creating a smell, there was no smell there seemingly, and now you're allowed to create the smell by rubbing it with your fingers or cutting it, clipping it. So Gabbana says, No, there the fragrant was there already in the spices. All you're doing it by rubbing it, you're just adding it to make the spice, the smell a little stronger, to enhance it. Here in the clothes, there was no smell bichlal. And therefore you're adding a smell that wasn't there. That already is considered molid reha. So there's a difference between enhancing a smell by rubbing it or clipping it. That was there already. However, to create a smell that wasn't there from the uh, onset, like in the Kumbhagadim, so that indeed is going to be Asur. Rava says, Al mutar. Ravad says, even to put these spices on the gachelet, is going to, on the coals, is going to be permissible. Why? What about mechabeh? What about the fact that you're putting out the coals? So he says, Because it's similar to basar, meat, that you put on the coals. What's the uh, similarity? So look at Rashi. Ravad First of all, you have to say also Shivuel de Oche Nefeshu Ishun Perot Ze Vishave Lechon Nefesh. And clearly, it is Shave Lechon Nefesh. And therefore, Shimuel, as well as this opinion, wants to say is Mutar Vimi Shum Kibui Vavara Velude Reha. Well, you have all these other problems. What about the kibui aspect? What about the Havara aspect? What about the Molid Reha? Midi Davi Abisra Gumre. 
it's no different than basad that's on the coals, dika kolhani veshare, which means it has all these same problems over here, and it's still permissible, which means when you put the basad on the coals, what happens to the coals? When you, initially, when you put it down, the coals diminish. Because you're putting it right on the coals, so the there's extinguishing over here. But since the extinguishing is done for the purpose of cooking for and their fish, you see it's permissible. For that matter, you're also uh, bringing a, a smell, right? When you put the the, 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 the basar on it, reha, the, the the smell of the the smoke is going into the the, the basar, etc. It's also mutar. It's all fish, and the havara, havara for is mutar as well. So therefore, the rabbi wants to say over here, there's no problem to put the uh, uh, um, uh, spices on the coals in order to smoke the perot. It's no difference than basara gumre. Are you worried about kibui? But when you're putting meat on the fire, also there's a temporary kibui. It goes out first, and then uh, it's okay because it's for the purpose of all fish. So therefore, it should be mutar. So comes again and says darash rav giviha. The rabbi called rav giviha mebe katil. From the place of Bekatil, Afitha de Beresh Gilutai. He said this Hadush by the uh, gate or the entrance of the Resh Gadut. Ketorah Shari. The process called Ketorah is permissible. Amale Amemor. So Amemor comes along and says, My Ketorah. Well, what is this process that you're talking about, Ketorah, that is permissible on Yom Tov? I Ketorah Bide. If this is talking about where you're taking uh, garments. Uh, let's say the pants, or you're taking the uh, shirts that have the pleats, and you want to, let's say, put it on a board and press them, and that's what it means, ketorah. The ketorah literally means a knot. Maybe they would call it that because when they would put the clothes on the board to press them, maybe they would tie the clothes on the board to keep them from moving. So if that's what you mean, you're telling me that's mutar on Yom Tov, what do you mean? What do you mean? That's uh, expertise work over there. That cannot be permissible. That's a regular craftsman uh, work over there to press the uh, pleats of these garments. There's no way that could be uh, mutar on Yom Tov. Uh, if you're going to tell me uh, that when it says ketorah, ketorah comes from the word smoke, because in uh, Aramaic also ketorah can mean smoke, ketoret. So therefore, maybe that's what it means. Ketorah, share, meaning to smoke the spices on the coals. That's what he's telling Mutar. So the Gemara says, how could that be? Asur. Right. Why? Because bottom line, you're extinguishing the coals when you put the spices on the coals. So therefore, what was he talking about? So the Gemara says, no, Amaleh, Ravashen, Le'olam, Le'ashen. No, really, he was talking about Ashin to make the smoke in order to give the fragrance to the perot. Ah, what about the problem of kibui? It's similar to the case of again basar on the coals. And just like when you put the basar on the coals, it extinguishes it temporarily. So therefore, the same thing over here be mutar. So comes the Gemara and says, actually, Rashi just points out uh, that the the mulid reha should be noted that we mentioned above actually happens in the coals, because when you put the basar on the coals themselves, the fragrant of the meat goes into the coals, and still we say that there's no problem of molidreha, because that's the cooking, you're cooking, and therefore that happens, that that's not a problem, so therefore there will be no problem of molidreha uh, as well. In any event, it's another version of this episode. What does this word ketorah mean? That Rav Giviha said that what ketorah on Yom Tov is shareh. So what is ketorah? Again, if you tell me it's talking about where you're taking the uh, clothes and you're pressing them, the, the pleats, that's considered craftsmanship. If you tell me it's uh, smoking, why 
Because again, you're bringing, you're making a, uh, you're making a smell, which means you're, you're, you're now taking the spices into the coals, and you're giving the coals a fragrant. I'm making a smell. So Ravashe says, Ana Amirtan Nehale, I heard the said the halakha from Rav Givia, who mishemed the Gavra Raba Amirtan Nehale, and in the name from a great rabbi, uh, I heard from him that Leolam Neashen. That really, when he said Ketera Ishari, he was talking about the smoke. Umididavia Bisagumre, what? It's like Basagumre, just like the Basar gives flavor to the or uh, smell to the coals. And it's not a problem when you put the coals, uh, the, the basar on the coals on Yom Tov. It's mutat to, to cook uh, basar. I, the coals are getting a fragrant now from the, from the basar. So what? Mutat. So to over here, it's mutat to put the spices on the uh, coals themselves. Ve'osin gedi mikulas. The Gemishnah said that one of the things that Rabban Gamliel was lenient on Yom Tov of Pesach, this was, to make what's called the gedi mikulas. Gedi mikulas was roasting the korban. It wasn't korban Pesach, obviously, because there was no Bet HaMikdash. But it... Where they would roast the gedi, the goat, and they would take the innards outside of it and put it on the side of the animal when they were roasting it. They call that an armored gedi because it looks like a soldier when he goes out to war. He has his ammunition next to him, so the innards would be placed on the side. So he was matirit. So the Gemara says, "Tanya, Rabbi Yosei, we have a bracha Rabbi Yosei. We know this Masechet Pesachim. Todos ish Romi. Todos ish Romi was a Jewish man who was Adam Hashuv. Hinehiget bene Romi. He accustomed the people of Rome lechol gedi mikul." That was their custom. Was after the Chorban Bet Hamikdash that they would make gedi mikulas, this roasted armored uh, uh, gedi, on the Pesach. Shalkule. So the rabbi sent to Todos. El male Todos ata. So warned for the fact that you're Todos and you're Adam Hashuv and you're you're an important man. Gozranu alecha nidui. We would put on you. Harem, we would excommunicate you. Why? Because you're feeding Bnei Israel Kurbanot outside the Bet Hamikdash. So the Gemara says, "Mean Kadashim Sar Kadatach." What do you mean? It's not korbanot. The people didn't bring it as a korban. How can he say that he's feeding them korbanot outside the Beit Hamikdash? kadashim. No, it looks like you're feeding them kadashim because they were roasting the korban pesa in the exact way that it was roasting the times of the Beit Hamikdash. He says that's a dangerous manag. People are going to think now you're allowing them to eat. Um, Kurbanot outside. So you see that Rabban Gamliel also was lenient when it came to Gedim Kulat. Hachamim said that's because of the Maritain, because it looked like you're eating Kurbanot outside the Beit Hamikdash. That's what Hachamim were Osir. So Rabban Gamliel and Todos had the same Minhag. Comes the Mishnah. Shiloshad Varim Rabbi El Azar bin Azariah Matir Vachamim Osrim. Okay, now we say there's three things that Rabbi El Azar bin Azariah was Mekel, uh, where the Hakamim were Mahmir. The first thing, Parato Yotza Birzua Sheben Kaneha. That Ashilan is the first case, is actually a reference to Shabbat. Uh, the cow, literally the cow of Rabbi Azab Azariah, went out on Shabbat with a red string between its horns. Now, what is this uh, discussion over here? We know on Shabbat, just like it's forbidden for a person to do melacha, it's forbidden for a person's animal to do melacha as well. One of the melachot on Shabbat is what? Hotza'ah, is carrying. And therefore, carrying uh, for of an animal to carry also is going to be asur. So, the Hakamim said that a cow, for example, cannot wear this ribbon 
between its horns because it's considered a masui, it's considered a burden, it's carrying, and therefore it's a sur. Whereas Rabbi Al-Azab and Azayah held that this is considered noi. It's considered more a takshit, it's considered more as a, an ornament, an adornment for the cow itself, but therefore it's not considered carrying. So therefore the first thing he was lenient, that his cow went out on Shabbat with the Ritzuah ben Karnea, and he didn't hold that it was a problem of carrying. Number two. Mm-hmm. Now, Mekardin is, they used to comb the animals. They used to have a special comb. Uh, it was made out of metal. It was very, uh, very uh, narrow, um, or let's say small, uh, thin teeth. Okay, it's a good way of saying it. It's called Mekardin. And they would brush the animal. So he allowed it. And the problem is the rabbis will all say it because this metal uh, apparatus would cause the animals sometime to bleed or get a wound. That's the process called Mikardin. Okay? Third thing he allowed, which means you're allowed on Yom Tov to grind the pilpelin, the pepper, with the regular grinder. Which means the Quran Tohen was not asur on Yom Tov. That's one not, 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 not a melakha that was also said. Therefore, you can grind it in the normal fashion. Rabbi Uda Omer, Rabbi Uda said, En mikardin et Yom Tov. Rabbi Uda says, No, sir. You cannot take that metal comb and comb the animal on Yom Tov. Because you're going to cause the animal to get a wound. However, aval mekarsefin. The katsefin would be there was a wooden comb that had wide teeth. Now the wooden comb wasn't so abrasive to the animal. Therefore, he holds that it's not going to make a habura. So you're allowed to comb the animal with the uh, wooden. And that would call kirtsuf. Kirtsuf was with the wooden comb. They all said everything. They say not only can't use the metal comb, but you can't use the wooden comb as well. The Gemara will explain exactly what this machloket is. Comes the Gemara and begins. The Gemara says, Right, the cow of Rabbi Azab has master he had one cow. So the Gibraltar Surah tell him he only had one cow. Rabbi Azab and Azariah used to give 13,000 animals just to Ma'asir alone on his That means he used to produce 130,000 animals a year to give 13,000 of it Ma'asir Be'emah. Now you tell me, Parato, Rabbi Azab and Azariah. What Parato? He had uh, herds and herds. That's what the Tosafot has a technical problem. He says, What do you mean? There was no Ma'asir Be'emah in the terms of Rabbi Azab and Azariah. Rabbi Azab and Azariah lived after the Hurbam at the Mikdash. After the Hurbam at the Mikdash, there's no Hayyuf uh, to give Ma'asir Be'emah. So the Tosfot wants to say, could be it's talking about when Abil Azariah was young. So when he was young, his apotropos, the administrator of his estate, gave it. Because the Betel was still around. So therefore, when Abil Azariah was still a baby and the Betel was around, he had an estate, he had a, we had a Yerusha. So the administrator gave the Ma'asir to the Betel Mekdash. Or it means time, he would give it to the, to the king as a... As you know, ma'asir as a as a gift. It's the, not as the legal ma'asir be'ma, but as a uh, as a gift to the to the king at the time. In any way, he had much more than one cow. So the Gemara says, no, Tana lo shelo aita. This cow that they referred to in the Mishnah was not the real Azam and Azariyaz. Ela shel shechinato aita. It belonged to his neighbor. 
ומתוך שלא מהבה נקראת על שמו because he did not rebuke her because she was letting her car go out on Shabbat with the Tzotzoa Shabbat Kanea when this is carrying so the Bira Hazab and Azariah should have gone and rebuked the neighbor and said hey this is uh, Asur and therefore since he did not rebuke her so therefore the Mishnah gives the as if it was the Bira Hazab and Azariah's cow itself now again he himself didn't rebuke her because he held but what? He's the At Yahid. He should have told her, listen, even though I hold it Mutar, the my colleagues argue on me. Yahid and And therefore, you know, you should follow. But the Rabbi himself really held, it is indeed Mutar, because he held it as a Takshid. But still, the Mishnah says, Parato. It's as if Rabbi Azaz Parah went out on Shabbat, because he did not rebuke his neighbor. Right, so the Mishnah said according to Bil Azan, you could use that metal comb in order to comb the animal on Yom Tov. Okay, what is Kirud? What is Kirud? What are these two different process procedures? Kirud Ketanim Veosim Habura. Kirud is the thin uh, metal uh, teeth. Uh, that you comb the animal, and it causes the animal to get a habura, a wound. Kirsuf gedorim. Kirsuf is the uh, more wood, wooden, wide uh, tooth or thick tooth. Ve'en osim habura, and it does not cause a habura. Ve'gimel mahloket bedavar, and there's a three-way mahloket on this subject. Rabbi Yehuda savar davar she'en mitkaven asur. Rabbi Yehuda also said davar she'en mitkaven. Even if you're not mitkaven to make a habura. Doesn't matter. If it happens, it's going to be Asur. Which means Rabbi Uda's opinion is, I'll let you use the wooden comb. Why? The wooden comb doesn't make a habura. And I'm not going to make a gezira on the wooden comb out to the metal comb. The metal comb is a problem. Why should it be a problem? I'm not mitkaven. I want to just comb the animal. I don't want to make a habura. It doesn't matter. Yos davashin mitkaven asur. So therefore, to use the metal comb asur. However, to use the wooden comb mutar. And the hadus of Rabbi Yudas is not gozer. Wooden comb atu metal comb. That's shita number one. Verabanan sabri namek Rabbi Yudah. The rabbis also like Rabbi Yudah that what? Davashin mitkaven asur. The gazir and kersuf atu kerud. However, they do make a gezerah. They say you can't use the wooden comb because if you allow you to use the wooden comb, you might mistakenly use the metal comb. So therefore, they also davashin mitkaven because the guys not mitkaven over to make a habura. Doesn't matter. Davashin mitkaven asur and they make a gezerah. Rabbi Azab and Azariah savar la kerabi shemon. Rabbi Azab and Azariah he says all combs are permissible. Why? Because he holds like Rabbi Shimon the Amar davar she'enu mitkaven mutar. As long as you don't have kavanah, God doesn't have kavanah to make chabura uh, over here. The guy just calling the animal, and therefore he says ben kerud or ben kersuf share. Whether you're using the kerud, uh, whether you're using the metal comb, or whether you're using the uh, wooden comb, either one's going to be mutar. We don't make a gezera. So that's the three-way machloket. Again, let's review. The Buda says. Metal comb asur, wooden comb mutar. Hakamim say everything's going to be asur. Bend the wooden comb and bend the metal comb because we make a gezerah. Rabbi Shimon is going to be Rabbi Razab and Razab is going to hold like Rabbi Shimon and say everything is mutar because Rabbi Shimon holds the vashimet kaven mutar. And therefore, there's no haiduk between this comb and that comb. Everything is mutar. Amar Rav, Amar Rav, Nachman Amar Shimuev, Amrila, Amar La. 
Amar Avnachman Nechudez, Avnachman said, Halakha Kerbi Shimon. The Halakha is going to follow Rabbi Shimon that what the Devashim and Kaven is Mutar. Why? Share Rabbi Azab and Azariah Modelo. He has a partner. You see, Rabbi Azab and Azariah agrees with him. So therefore, <laughs> what did Rabbi Shimon say? In Masikat Shabbat, if you remember, we learned he held Gorer, Adam, Mita, Safsal, Kisev, Safsal, which is the person allowed to take a bed or a chair or a, 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 a bed, right? And he had to drag it on the ground, right? So long as he's covered eyes, he's not making a harit, he wants to move the, the bed. Ah, it might happen that he's going to make a, a furrow on the ground and the Vashim is covered. So to that, it's not a psychiatrist. We're saying it's not, it's not going to end up. So therefore, the Gemara, Gemara wants to say over here. From here, we see that the Bil Azar ben Azar also subscribes to the Bishamon's opinion. The Vashimet Kavim Muta. Therefore, Halakhah ke the Bishamon and Masikat Shabbat that says Gorer Adam Mitak Kisev Safran. Therefore, you have no problem. That's what Rav Nachman wanted to say. So comes the Gemara and says, Amar le Rav Adar Rav Nachman velema Amor Halakhah ke the Biyuda Sharei Hakamim Mudim No. Hey, if that's the way you're being posek Halakhah, because you found that he has a, a partner. So say the Biudad, Alakaz like him. Why? Because we have the Hakanim in this Mishnah that are following the, the rule of the Biudad. The Biudad is the Vashim and Kaven Asur. And therefore the rabbis now Mishnah said, Ben Kirsuf, Ben Kirud is going to be Asur. Whether it's the wooden comb, whether it's the metal comb. So the Rahman, if your style of the Psak is, you know what, we're going to go like Rabbi Shimon. Why? Because Rabbi Azab and Azab goes like him. So for the same money you can say, we go like Rabbi Yudah, because I have a Hakanim that go like Rabbi Yudah. So he says, now, Amale, Ana Kerebishimon Svirale. I hold like Kerebishimon, because I hold the Vashim and Kerebishimon. That's, that's my starting point. I hold like him. And furthermore, we have support of Rebbe Azabin Azabin. The reason that he held like Rebbe Shimon is not because Rebbe Azabin Azabin necessarily went like him. He held like Rebbe Shimon because that's what he held. And then, by the way, also Rebbe Azabin Azabin also happens to concur. So add that to the list. But uh, not uh, that one was really uh, dependent on the other. Come the next Mishnah. The grinder that they used to use for the pepper, to grind the pepper. It is indeed Tameh on account of three different vessels. The grinders in the olden days were made out of three different sections. Each part independently is considered a vessel to receive Tum'ah. But each part is Tameh for a different reason. And the Mishnah explains. Mishum Klikibul. Number one, because of a receptacle. The bottom piece of the uh, grinders were made out of wood. Now we have a rule. A wooden vessel can only become mekabel tum'ah if it has a receptacle, if it has a klikibul. So since the bottom receptacle that would receive the ground uh, pepper was a wooden vessel that had a klikibul, so that on its own can become tameh. The next one, umishum keli matechet. Now the top part of the grinder, that was where they would grind, it was also made out of wood. However, it was plated on the bottom with metal. Now, since the main part of the apparatus was the metal, so we don't look at the wood, we look at the metal part of it, and the rule is that a metal keli has the ability to make a bell. So the top part, even though it's not a clicky boot, it's not receiving anything, but it's a functional keli, a metal keli, because it has that plate of metal around it when you're grinding. So therefore, the top part is also going to be tamem mishum kli, What's the third part? <coughs> the centerpiece of the of the uh, apparatus of the grinder 
was a wooden uh, keli. However, it wasn't a klikibul. It was just like a sieve. Like it was like a wo- it looked like a woven screen, we'll call it, let's say, where the uh, pepper would go through it. Right? The good part would go down and the bad part would stay above it. Now, Lechaura, it's a wooden sieve, shouldn't have a din of a tum'ah. It's not a klikibul. However, the hachamim forbade such a keli, meaning not forbade it, but said it's mekabel tum'ah, because it looks like a garment. Because it has that weave. Right? And we know a garment that has the weave to it is going to be mekabel tum'ah. So therefore, the centerpiece of the uh, item is tamem ishum kli kivara. Klikavara is items of sieve are also going to be Tamana. We can read uh, uh, actually let's read the Gemara then we'll read all the Rashis. Tana. Tahtona Mishun Klikibul. The bottom vessel, like we said, is a wooden receptacle. Imsait Mishum Klikibara. The middle sieve is going to be because of its because of its kasiv, and the top apparatus is going to be asum mishum keli because it is a metal. Let's read the uh, let's read the Rashi from the Mishnah. Temea mishum shelosha keli mekabelet tumah al shem shelosha keli nafkamina. What's the nafkamina? Di me azal had shema mina temea azal had shema mina. Which means, let's say one of the kelim is not there anymore. So you don't have an apparatus anymore. It doesn't matter. Each kelim independently is considered a kelim on its own, even without the other vessel. And therefore, it still has a shame kelim on it. You might think a normal kelim, once it breaks, it's not a keli anymore. Finish. Mm-hmm. Here, even if one of the pieces is missing, it's still called a keli. Therefore, it can still be received. Next question. It receives the uh, pepper itself. When it falls through the sieve. That's surrounding the uh, the, uh, the lower uh, vessel. Now, it cannot be just because it's a flat piece. The rabbis for may put it in suit of tuma on the kevara uh, because it's woven. So therefore, it looks like a begin. Even if it's not made out of metal, it's going to be regardless. In Nashi's time, the center piece was made out of metal. Says for us, there's no sheila. Because when it comes to a metal vessel, you don't have to have a clicky boot. So there was our version, the middle pieces without a shayla. In the olden days, they made out of wood. That's the apparatus that they would use to actually grind and crush. It's not a clicky boot, the top part. So therefore, you cannot from it was plated on the bottom with metal shu'ikan. That's the main part of the vessel. The aetz batel, it's low. The aetz becomes batel, therefore, it's going to become tamen. Now we go to the next Mishnah. The next Mishnah says, Agala shel katan temea midras vinitelet beshabbat vena nigreret el algabe kelim. Now let's review some of the laws of Tumavitara. We learned, for example, by a Zav. 
Azav is a male that had a secretion to come out of his body that renders him Tameh. He himself becomes an Avatum'ah and every, anything that he sits on or lies on or puts his weight on, specifically a vessel that's designated for sitting. That's to be designated for sitting like a chair or a bed or things like that. So then that item also becomes what's called Tameh Midras, which also becomes an Avatum'ah. So now the discussion over here on Agala, a wagon. The children in the olden days used to have like a stroller or a wagon that they used to go around with. Now, the kids sometimes would sit in the wagon, they would lean on the wagon as well. That's what it was made for. That was its, its function. So now we're talking about a case where let's say the child becomes a Zav. Okay, so now he has Tum'ah. When he leans on the wagon, he's putting his weight, that wagon now will become Tamir Midras. Or if he sits in the wagon, since it's designated for sitting or leaning on, therefore it's subject to the law of Tumat Midras. So that's the first deen of the Mishnah. Agala, Shil Katan, Midras. Okay, number two, <laughs> you should know that this item is not mukseh on Shabbat, meaning it has the status of a keli. Now, when you're going to roll it, you can only roll it on kelim, which means vessels. Kelim doesn't mean vessels, it means like clothing, as opposed to strolling it or rolling it on the ground, on the earth. Because we're going to roll it on the ground, the Gemara is assuming you're going to make a furrow. So therefore, well, you can roll it, but you can only roll it on, let's say, a rug or a garment, and things like that. We're well, not going to make a problem of uh, making a furrow. The Mishnah continues, the Omer, Kol akirim en negrarim chutz men agalam penish yichoveshet. He says the exact opposite. He says on the contrary, all vessels, meaning things that you you uh, drag, yes, it has to be on the. Uh, Kelim, on uh, clothes, so you don't make a furrow. Except for the Agala. The Agala is the only except where you can wheel it on ground. Why? Because it doesn't make a furrow. The wheels actually just press the ground in, you know, in the little more. So that's not considered furrow. Furrow means that it lifts dirt and makes a it makes like a, uh, a hole. Here, it's not making a hole. It just depresses the ground that's uh, under the wheel. And therefore, yeah, that's not considered making a furrow. So he allows the agala. Let's read Rashi in the Mishnah. Agala shel katam. Shosim no lishok. It's uh, from the play. Viyoshev aleha. He sits in it. On it. Umetartelin oto aleha. And they carry it, etc. Let's say the Tinok became a Zav. The Agala itself becomes Why? As we learned, it's designated for sitting. Because the Katan, he, he leans on it, puts his weight on it. We learned. That if let's say a person's uh, zav sits on a barrel, if that barrel is not designated for sitting, for example, his colleagues tell him, "Hey, I'm old. Get up from the barrel. We gotta go, go, go back to work." Okay. That barrel is not considered designated for sitting. He's just using it for a temporary uh, rest. So therefore, that's not mikabeltum. However, the if it was not designated for sitting or leaning on, you're allowed to. Move it on Shabbat. Why? The Torah keli aliyah, because the agala is the status of a keli. The era negated by Shabbat is al gabe kedim. Now, when it says kedim, it means al gabe begadim. Me penes she osay haris bekarka. 
Because if you're going to drag this on the ground, it's going to make a furrow. Obviously on Shabbat because it's making a plowing. Now, uh, the other rabbi, Rabbi Yehuda, says, no, it's mutar to uh, wheel this on the ground. This furrow that you see on the ground, what we call it the tracks Correct. that you see, it's not the pshat that the ground was uh, uprooted from the ground. All the wheels do is they just press the ground. And it just lowers the the, the ground exactly. It's not moving afar from its place. Now the Gemara explains. The reason why the agalah of the katan is midras again because he presses his weight and he leaves on it. If what's me you hide it for that? If what's me kabel tuma mishum keli because it has a Torah Keli, it's considered a vessel, it puts non mukse. Vera negreret el agabe kelim, agabe kelim in, agabe karka la, maitama de kavid haris. Because you're making a haris, you're making a pharaoh. So the Gabbara says, Mani, who could be the author of that statement? Rabbi Udai. Because according to the Yehuda, he says even if you're not mitkaven, it's a sunnah. When they when they're strolling this wagon on the ground, they have kavanah to make a haritz. No, and still the Gemara is saying what the Mishnah is saying on the ground as So who must be the author of the beginning of our Mishnah? The Yehuda, who says davashim mitkaven asur. Because Tanya, we have a brother Rabbi Shimon Omer Gorer Adam Mitak Isav Safsal. You'd be allowed to wheel the stroller on the ground, even if it makes a haditz. Why? Because you're not mitkaven. So then we have to say the resh of our mishnah that says lo al davka al kelim, but not on the ground, must be going according to shita of Rabbi Yehuda. The only problem is emasefa. Where do we have a question from the end of our mishnah? Rabbi Yehuda Omer en akol nigrarim b'shabbat chutz min agala miknishi koveshet. The Gemara says in the name of Rabbi Yehuda. That dafka the agala can be wheeled on the ground because it doesn't make a haritz. It only uh, depresses the ground. But it doesn't make a haritz. So make up your mind. You tell me the resh of the Mishnah that says you can't put it on the ground. Oh, that's a biuda. Because it's making a haritz. The vashem it kaven is asur. Sefer of the Mishnah clearly says it. The Yehuda says, "Not mutar, but meshi koveshet, koveshet in." Jose Haritz, no, make up your mind. How can the Yehuda be saying both halachot, contradictory? So the Gemara answers, "Three tanae valibad the Yehuda." It's actually two different tanaim that are arguing in what the Yehuda holds. As she explains that, thus less does she. Which means, the first opinion that was Osir to wield the Agala on the ground says an Agala is no different than any other vessel. Because when you, when you drag it or when you stroll it, sometimes the wheel doesn't turn correctly. Not when you're strolling, sometimes the wheel gets locked and doesn't turn, and that's what's going to 
uproot some karka. Therefore, it's going to be considered a problem of hover ve'idach. And the second shita uh, of the Mishnah that says it's permissible, savaloshchiyachachem. It might happen, but it's not so prevalent that such things going to happen. Ve'ena ena kovesh etachat galgalan. The worst it's going to be is just depressing the ground. And therefore, sret adai alibad rebiudad ran alach yom tov. Baruch Adonai Adam. Amen. Amen.